you know what? What's funny is I I loaded Coin Market Cap the other day and I saw everything else was you know normal one or two percent in one direction or the other, and Kyber was up like thirty percent. And I'm like, oh man, I have an interview with them next week. This is great. <laughs> All right. Yes. Once again, welcome to the show, Loy Lu of the Kyber Network, founder, creator, CEO, all of the titles that matter. That's you. You're here. Crypto Basic Podcast. Help us talk about the Kyber Network. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Brent, for having me. I'm glad to be here. So we're going to do this one-on-one style. The the audience probably familiar with that at this point, but we always start off with kind of the history. So I'm going to start with your history personally, how you kind of got into crypto. And what led up to creating this project? And then we'll get into the history of the project itself. So why don't you tell us about you? Sure. I was born and uh, raised in, in Vietnam. And uh, after finished the college here, I, I moved to Singapore to start you know, doing my research in applied cryptography. And uh, I think after six months to a year uh, in Singapore, I started like, you know, paying more attention to you know, blockchain and cryptocurrency. Because I think uh, back then it was in around 2013. Where uh, you know um, at that time the price of Bitcoin everything was just like crazy, right? It was like all time high, and then the the hack at Outbox happens, and you know uh, all the news reported about Bitcoin blockchain. I was like, you know, what is it, right? So I, I started looking more into it, and then I, I I saw a lot of like you know potential research problem even for an academic like me back then. So I I got more interest in it, and you know I started like doing full time research on blockchain and cryptocurrency since then. And then I think a couple of years after that, uh, you know, Ethereum and a few other, uh, you know, uh, public cryptocurrency project, uh, you know, started showing up. And I particular, uh, particularly uh, paid more attention to Ethereum because of, you know, all the potentials that uh, the that the project offers, right? Um, and I, I, I started, like, you know, writing, uh, you know, uh, more research papers about it, creating more tools, like, you know, open source tool, uh, and one of the two was called INT. That was the uh, smart contract, you know, security analyzer, right? That allow you to verify whether your smart contract has any potential bug. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of other research papers that I uh, that I did with uh, with the team here uh, in, in Singapore. And, you know, being in the community for, you know, for quite a few years, right? I think three or four years. And every year we, we, we saw that, you know, there's some, you know, there's some hacking incident and the and the the whole like trading um, of cryptocurrency is so centralized, right? I think only a few big exchanges control the the whole trading activities. So we are like, you know, uh, since you know everyone is trading cryptocurrency, right? And so far, it's, it's sort of like the the main the main activities that attract a lot of users that attract a lot of like you know newbies to to cryptocurrency. Why can't we just make cryptocurrency trading more secure and safer, right? Why can't we just use, you know, the underlying blockchain to safeguard the cryptocurrency trading? And that was the main motivation for us to create Kyber, you know, uh, back in 2017. So we worked, uh, you know, for a few months to find a, a right solution that could, you know, achieve the right balance between usability, security, and also like, make it super easy for everyone to use and to integrate. And, uh, you know, in mid-2017, we announced the project and uh, started working full-time since then. 
Okay, so there's a couple things I want to unpack here before we get into the actual project. It was interesting to me that you were doing research on cryptography, but didn't immediately get introduced to cryptocurrency. You would you would think that just the way the names are that you pretty much know day one when you're going in there if I'm just a, somebody off the street. So what percentage of the people would you say that were doing cryptographic research at the university that you were at knew what Bitcoin was at the time? I think back then I was the only one in Singapore or even like in Asia doing research on you know cryptocurrency and blockchains. I mean, probably there were a lot of people heard about it, but like I mean, they they were free enough to you know do like deeper research on cryptocurrency and blockchain back then, right? Um, and I think you know doing a, like being in a PhD program, you had the luxury of like you know doing whatever you want and. You know, if you're interested in, in in anything, right, you can just just dive deeper and then learn more about the topic. This is one of these things that people think that we might have missed the boat or something like that. People think about that all the time. And I'm always telling people, like, I don't know what the price is going to do, but I know we're still early adopters. And this is just another indicator. You're at a cryptography programming. You were the only one doing research. Now, given this was a few years ago. But that's to me, that is a, a complete clear indicator that we're still in the early adoption phase here. So you've finished this this research phase. You've started you've come up with the idea of running the company of, of Kyber and you want to solve the trading solution. And so you've got to the point where you're launching the project. So what does the project look like start to finish, like maybe just getting past the ICO or or take us up to maybe the main net? Was there anything crazy that happened? Any big drama points or anything like that? I think there have been a lot of uh, so okay so when when we did our ICO back in 2017 right back then it was the craze of you know all the project doing yeah. ICO and from time to time I think like you know there are project like new and and upcoming project that promise like like many many things right and and from time to time we have like to have educate the community members about what is practical right like which promises can be delivered technically. I mean, at least to our best knowledge, right? And um, I think we got detracted by many of, the, of those questions, uh, but I think it was our responsibility to educate the community, to educate like all the crypto users about what is practical and what is the exact trade-off uh, when someone like promised some very crazy idea, but they didn't tell you how exactly they achieve it. Right. And then people were started like, you know, comparing between Kyber and, you know, the other Moonshot project and things like that. Right. Uh, so we were like, you know, uh, okay, so we don't know how it works yet, but to the best of our knowledge, either they have to make this compromise or, you know, they have some like crazy design or, you know, solution that we haven't heard of or we couldn't think of. Right. Um, and I think it was just like a lot of, you know, time back and forth between us and the community members. Um, and I think it's good overall. On one hand, uh, the, the, the community members have, uh, you know, bring other ideas from other projects to Kyber. And, and on the other hand, we can also like, you know, have the opportunity to educate the end users, right? To, to, to tell them how exactly Kyber works and help them understand Kyber better. So to the best of my understanding, Kyber, the Kyber network was created to be a decentralized exchange or at least a decentralized liquidity network. Right. It, do I have that correct? Sure. Yeah. 
so at the time when you're launching, your primary competitors then are probably something like BitShares or maybe an Ether Delta before you know that went down. How did you look at the problems with those platforms and think how are we going to solve those problems? Or are we looking more at the at the centralized exchanges and looking at how to solve those issues? I think back then our main intention was to make it easy for people to trade and also like to integrate with a decentralized exchange, right? So what that means was that we look at the existing solution like BitShare, like also like Ether Delta. Back then, I think ZeroX wasn't launched yet. Right. I don't think they were up yet, no. Right. So we look at the Ether Delta and, and a few other existing solutions back then. We realized that it was still like, you know, quite hard for the new people to start using them, right? And then, I mean, that's for the retail trading, right? And then we also like saw the, the, the potential rise of like, like defend, uh, decentralized, uh, you know, financial applications back then. Um, uh, because we, uh, so before starting Kyber, we, we have been like talking to a few other projects like, you know, Augur and Melonpod and, and a few of them, right? And we could see that there could be a potential demand for all these, all those uh, de- uh, decentralized finance applications to integrate with an on-chain decentralized exchange, right? So that's why we particularly designed Kyber uh, to be fully on-chain. That means everything run on the smart contract so that, first of all, uh, the retail users, they can just, if they want to do a trade, they just need to send a transaction to the blockchain to the smart contract, and they can do the trade. And they can send it from anywhere, right? They can send it from their uh, existing cryptocurrency wallet. They can send it from Mitre wallet or any other website that support better interface for them to do, right? And secondly, uh, we also want to support all these, you know, native integration uh, with the existing DAP uh, back then, right? So I think even in our white paper in 2017, we mentioned the case of Melonport using Kyber to rebalance the uh, portfolio for their users. Um, and uh, I think two years later, they, they finished the integration. And now we have a lot more the DeFi application integrating with Kyber. And that clearly show that, you know, our design was, you know, our design choices were correct back then. Okay, so that's, so we're going to get into how that works and everything. But before we do, I think we'll just do the, the quick rapid fire thing where I just ask you some questions. You give me the quick answers and then we dive into exactly how you guys are trying to accomplish everything that you just teased for us. So sure. they're easy, quick questions uh, that uh, some of them we may already know the answers to, but we always ask the same questions to everybody. So uh, the first one being, is it a coin, a token, or a platform? And I, I would, sounds like a platform, right? It's a protocol, yes. Okay. Does it use proof of work, proof of stake, or does it use something else entirely? So technically, it runs fully on Ethereum, but okay. we plan to introduce the you know the staking mechanism for the community uh, to be part of the governance of the of the project. Okay, cool. So I I'm excited to dive into that. Governance is always my favorite piece right. of these of these coins. <laughs> are you in your final form, like mainnet? You're intending to stay with Ethereum, or are you eventually going to have like the you know off? I don't even is the Kyber network still on Ethereum, or is it its own thing? It's going to be on Ethereum for you know a foreseeable future. We don't have any okay. plan to move out of Ethereum yet. Okay, I can always appreciate that. That's one of the things that I'm always asking. Like, does this need its own new network, or could it run on Ethereum? 
So that's a, that's a really important question. And I appreciate when a project thinks about that when they start. Would you say you're fully decentralized as a network or is there still some control either by you or a foundation of some kind? So eventually it's going to be fully decentralized, uh, fully decentralized right? Um, but currently uh, we're still in the first phase. Um, there's there's still a team behind it, but with the launch of you know the KyberDAO, it's going to be more decentralized. And I think it's going to take a few years before we can make it fully decentralized. Yeah. All right. And this is my favorite question, although I actually have made some interesting comments about this coin. I'll tell you about them in a second. Do you think the name sounds cool? I think you are very proud of the name. <laughs> okay. So I've made jokes because I don't actually know if you guys intended to be a Star Wars reference or not. But was that the thought behind the name? Was it specific to the Kyber Crystals? Uh, it was inspired by the Kyber Crystal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what was the thought there? You're, uh, like, did, Were you guys having like a meeting? You're like, we need to pick a cool name. What about the things that make lightsabers go? Or like, how did that come about? So I think um, back then, we need a name, right? And one of our team members was a crazy fan of Star Wars. And I asked him, like, you know, what are the cool names in Star Wars? And he started mentioning a few, right? And when he mentioned Kyber, I asked him, okay, what does Kyber mean, right, in, in Star Wars? And he was like, Kyber crystal that powers all the lightsaber. I was like, wow, that's so powerful, right? And, you know, okay, I also want the project to power the Ethereum ecosystem. So let's pick that name. <laughs> and we decided on that name. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. I, I like it. I like it. I, I've i made so many. It, it's fun because I'll go down. I'll talk about random projects that I don't know anything about. And I'll make fun of names here and there. I'm like, oh, like, you know, Spank Chain or whatever. Kyber is <laughs> one of those names that I'd be like, why are they talking about Star Wars? But if you want to be the juice that powers the Ethereum network, uh, that's a that's a cool little integration there. I like it. So. All right. So that's it for the rapid fire section of this. I, now let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about how this network works. How does it create this decentralized exchange? And then we'll talk about that that Kyber DAO that you mentioned really quickly because that's always interesting to me. So how does it work? Give me the quick version and I'll probably ask a million questions. Sure. So, okay. So essentially Kyber protocol, what we does is we, we have two sides, right? Uh, first, we basically connect all the on-chain liquidity sources into one single endpoint, right? Into one single smart contract that allows any takers, any end users, any smart contract to call and do the trade with all the existing market makers or the on-chain liquidity sources, right? And the reason why we do everything on the smart contract is because, first of all, it will guarantee full, uh, you know, transparency, right? Mm-hmm. At any time, at any point, you can verify what is happening, what has happened, and whether there's any potential manipulation, right? And secondly, it offers composability, right? What that means is that any smart contract, any DeFi platform, any any user wallet, website, they can easily integrate, they can plug into the smart contract without our approval, right? Because you have no permission there once we deploy the smart contract and release it. And also, we can also guarantee that, like, you know, we don't have the control of the user fund, right? Because the smart contract just does everything, right? We have, you know, at no point in the transition, uh, we use uh, or, or we keep the custody of the user fund. 
And also running on fully on the smart contract allows us or allow the user to do the trade, to do the transaction without relying on anyone to help them secure the, the coin, right? Because technically uh, in the entire life of the transaction, we at Kyber um, as, as a team, we never touch the user coin, right? And the users can always verify that before they do the trade. And yeah, and so far we have been growing the both the liquidity provider side and also the liquidity taker side. On the liquidity providers, we have integrated with Uni, uh, with Uniswap with uh, Oasis, uh, and we also have uh, a few uh, other uh, market makers that uh, that are plugged into uh, Kyber as well. On the taker side, we are connected to. I think most of the popular cryptocurrency wallet out there, you name it, right? Trust wallet, uh, engine wallet, even the HTC phone native wallet, Mito wallet. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, we're also connected with many DeFi projects as well, Melonport and Startup, Fulcrum, and many others as well, right? And this essentially like drives more traffic to, to Kyber and to utilize uh, or, or to trade with all the liquidity sources that have uh, been connected to Kyber, and um, you know, in order to move forward, we need like to push, you know, for both sides at the same time. So, if I'm the average user and I'm trying to trade some Ethereum for, we'll just we'll for some Kyber. I assume there's an Ethereum to Kyber pair on there somewhere. Right. Uh, how, what does that look like for me? Do is there an order book, or do I broadcast to the network that I want this trade? Like, does it look like a normal exchange on my end, or and then when it does, how does the process go through? Do we both send to a smart contract and then it distributes or are we doing something similar to an atomic swap? Right. So um, so we have all the market makers that are connected to Kyber already, right? And the way it works is that the market makers, they will set up their own smart contract. They will put their fund in their smart contract that they own, right? And from time to time, the market makers, we, we need to provide a quote Right. They, they need to submit the quote to the smart contract so that the Kyber contract will query all these market makers' smart contract to get the rate. Right. So for the end users, when you trade, you just query to Kyber smart contract uh, to ask Kyber, okay, what's the price of KNC now? Right. And Kyber smart contract, we just talk to all the market makers' smart contracts and to get the best rate from them. Right. And to return that rate to the end users. Now the end users they can decide whether they want to do the trade, right? And if they do, they will just send a, tra- a transaction to the Kyber smart contract uh, and say, "I want to take, uh, I want to do the trade from one uh, ETH to you know KNC at this rate that was provided by you just now, right?" And Kyber um, Kyber smart contract will just forward the amount to the uh, corresponding market makers and execute the trade with them. Right, and return the KNC token to the end user's wallet. And that's it. Everything is instant, as in it will be done in one single transaction. Right, Once right. the transaction is, is uh, included in the blockchain, the trade is done. Does it work as like a sidechain to the Ethereum network? Or is this in an Ethereum transaction that goes through? This is like, uh, you know, we're, we're still waiting a few minutes for each block. Uh, it is an Ethereum transaction, right? Um, and you don't have to wait for a few minutes. Usually, it's, it's going to take you like 15 to 20 seconds. Uh, if you're lucky, it, it can be faster, right? Okay. 
so the market makers are do they is this just a pool of a few people that have a lot of liquidity or can anybody be a market maker if i go on i can say uh this is what i'm selling ethereum for come and get it so currently uh you know we have a few types of market makers right one is uh you know the professional market makers the one that actually has the trading knowledge and they can like you know have a different way to to fit the price to the to to their market makers smart contract right and and a different type is the automated market making type right the one that is similar to uniswap uh, in which the you know anyone that has a sub- substantial amount of coin or token they can put uh, the their inventory into the smart contract and they can specify or pick the formula to determine the price for them and the price of the token will just be updated based on the trip uh, of the users. It's quite similar to how uh, Uniswap works, but uh, you know we had a uh, customized formula uh, to reduce the inventory requirement for the market makers. Like you know, if you have to spend something like one million uh, USD on Uniswap, uh, maybe you need only like two hundred thousand US to set up the same the same liquidity pool on 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 Kyber. And there's okay. another type that is, you know, uh, the the bridge reserve that, that we call or the bridge uh, market making uh, in which we connect to Uniswap, uh, we connect to Oasis uh, to source the liquidity from them, right? Um, so what that means is that you only need to connect to Kyber because Kyber is already the single liquidity endpoint, right? Uh, you can take the liquidity from uh, Uniswap, you can take liquidity from Oasis or many other dedicated market makers that work only on Kyber uh, when you talk to Kyber. Okay, and then the trading fees would go towards those market makers or would they be split somehow between the Kyber network and those that are that are making the market? So currently, the market makers have to pay the fees uh, to the smart contract, right? And the main reason for that was uh, we wanted to make it easy for the end users, right? We wanted to make it so that when they look at the rate, what they see is what they are going to get, right, likely. So the market makers, they would just like embed the fees uh, in the price, right? And they would just return it to their end users. But moving forward in the upgrade that we're having in May, um, the fees is going to be, uh, yeah, the, the, the fees is going to be on the taker side because we figure out a technical solution to make it easy and, and simple for everyone. Um, and I think at the end of the day, uh, the takers are paying for the fees anyway, right? Yeah, I think that most takers are used to that from their normal experience when they're on a Coinbase or something like that. Or, well, I guess not really a Coinbase, but you're paying the fees on your side at some point in some way. So the incentive for someone to hold their liquidity on the Kyber network, does that come from the back end? Do they get some sort of interest via Kyber tokens by holding, say, 200 thousand usd worth of ethereum in the contract so the incentive for people to market make on kyber you meant yes oh okay so currently um the main incentive for them is to you know get the spread right uh, from the users from from all the tradings okay like you know if they yeah the difference between the sale and the buy price that they offer but moving forward in the upgrade that we are having in may you know june the market makers will also receive the rebate uh, from the network, right? And what that means is that they are going to get some percentage of all the fees that the network collected uh, based on their trading volume. 
Um, and I think um, that would be an interesting incentive for, for them because uh, every great cover is collecting a lot of fees. And, um, you know, if they can, uh, if, we, if, if the network can use that fees to incentivize more market makers, that, that could be great. Okay, so I can I can see that now. I hadn't considered that you could be making the market for both Ethereum and and say Kyber, and therefore anybody who bought from either one of those, there would be a spread between them. So because it's a little bit different from exactly how a normal exchange would work, but not that different functionally on the on the buyer's end. You're just you just have your it, essentially everything is a market order. There, you can't open an order and wait for it to be filled. Yeah, because currently Kyber, we don't have like on-chain limit orders because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be expensive for anyone to update the, the order, for example, or to, to or to cancel it, right? It's going to involve in, you know, gas payment and things like that. Uh, and, and it's not an ideal, uh, you know, user experience for the end users. Yeah, I did use Ether Delta back in the day and I can I can vouch for that user right. experience being awful. You opened a trade that you knew was never going to be filled do you just leave it there or do you like pay to close it now? It, it kind of, it was, it was interesting. So it's, it's a nice thing to eliminate while still keeping some decentralization. Right. So I think we kind of have a good understanding of how the Kyber network works. Now, is there a, is there a native app for Kyber that I would go and download and I'd be ready to go? Or is this something that I should use MetaMask for or something like that? So you can use Kyber in many, many uh, different applications, right? Uh, if you have Trust Wallet, uh, they already integrate Kyber natively, right? You can also use Kyber on Mitre Wallet, right? Or you can also use Kyber on KyberSwap. Um, just go to kyberswap.com. It's a, it's a built-in, uh, it's, it's a website that, that Kyber team built uh, to facilitate the trade for the end users. And also like many other websites or wallets that have integrated with Kyber, right? Okay, cool. So, so that so now I think a listener could definitely interact with the Kyber network if they wanted to. Links, of course, guys, are in the show notes. If you want to just click on those, they're going to be super easy for you. So let's get into the next piece of this puzzle. This is always the part that interests me. How is the governance handled on chain, or how is it about to be handled? If you would prefer to talk about that, yes. Um, in the in the uh, coming network upgrade, we are going to introduce Kyber DAO, right, or the decentralized governance for Kyber. Uh, so the idea here is that we want uh, to have a way for the community to contribute or to jump in right, or to be part of the development of the project. And uh, the way we do it is that we allow people to, or the, the KNC holders, right, to, to stake the KNC. And uh, after the stake, um, they will have some voting uh, powers, right? And the voting power is dependent on how many KNC that they hold and they stake. So there will be like, you know, a few topics for them to vote on uh, initially, including like, you know, how much is the fees um, and how the fees should be used, right? Whether it would be used to uh, reward the DAO members or, or, you know, whether it can be used to, you know, give the rebate to the market makers. Or it can also like be something like, you know, whether they we can just continue burning the currency uh, collected in the fees. So all these, uh, you know, fees uh, parameters will be decided by the DAO, right? And um, I think in probably like, you know, in the in the next six months to a year, uh, we will also introduce um, things like, you know, protocol upgrade in which the community can vote on, you know, what are the features that they think um, the team should work on. 
and whether we should do some upgrade at all, right, and things like that. And everything is fully on-chain. What that means is that in order to make a vote, people will have to submit an on-chain transaction, right? It will it will prevent all the censorship and also uh, it, 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 it offers full transparency to, uh, to the community. So anyone can build a new voting interface uh, for people to vote. Um, and also um, if there's any uh, like yeah, like voting pool, uh, people can also like vote together and monitor whether the pool is voting uh, correctly to align with with the voters' uh, interests. Right. Um, I think I think it it would be interesting to see how it turn out because I think there are a few uh, dynamic parameters here. Right. First of all, uh, there will be the interest of the uh, of the KNC holders. Right. Uh, if people stake and vote, they will receive the reward. There will be the interest of the uh, market makers, because as the market makers, they want to receive more rebate, right? And so they they will also be the interest of the non-active voters, because as the non-active voter, they just want to burn the collected KNC, right? Like you know, just take it out of circulation instead of like distributing the reward to to many people. And also there's also the interest of the integrated uh, takers. Like all the DeFi app, all the wallets uh, that have integrated Kyber, they wanted the the fees to be lower, right? Yeah, but I think um, that's that's the main purpose of, of the DAO, right? It it allows everyone to give a voice, and I think uh, I uh, we really look forward to a healthy discussion, uh, a healthy community as well. So, is the DAO set up to allow anyone to propose anything, kind of like the Dash one, or is this mostly like the Kyber Foundation or I don't even know if it is a foundation. I never even asked, but the the Kyber entity would say, "Here is what we need a vote on. Go ahead and and make a vote on this, whether it's fees or anything else that you discussed." But could I say, "Hey, you guys should sponsor a podcast. It's my podcast, Crypto Basic. Here's this. This is how much we want," and and trigger a vote. Right. So initially, when we start the the, the Kyber DAO, there are a few fixed topics that people can vote on. Right. But moving forward, we are going to allow people to propose new ideas, and we will use uh, something called—I mean, we are likely to use something called rough consensus to uh, to decide on, uh, you know, what should be brought up to the DAO so that people can vote, and you know, anyone can propose idea and can discuss openly in the forum that we have. Okay, so at some point, anybody will be able to propose whatever it is. And there will be some sort of associated cost with the proposal, I assume, right? Right. Um, yeah. So basically, it's uh, you first propose, and then there's there will be a rough consensus to decide whether we should bring up the topic to the DAO so that people can vote. And after that, you know, the DAO will vote. Okay. So how would the would the rough consensus be achieved? Kind of like off chain, or is that would that still be the same way, like signaling yes or no, but without doing a transaction of some kind? Yeah, I think it's going to be done option, right? I think many people, many projects have been uh, doing that quite well. Uh, Synthetic okay. is one example, right? I think they have uh, they have the Discord forum, and uh, you know people vote, uh, you know, by click, like, and and support, right? And they also discuss it in the in the government uh, calls and things like that, right? Okay, that makes sense to me. So you can't get, you know, I know back in the day when Dash had originally put this out, they were getting all kinds of people that were popping on there and putting in troll votes that, that you know, right, should we right. buy a unicorn or all that stuff that was happening. So so there, there are always unique problems that the users as a whole will find for you in any 
democratic system. Uh, we are going through them very well in the United States right now. I'm, I don't even believe in democracy anymore. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. No, I think I think <laughs> I, uh, I'll take you that. There's no ideal solution for for decentralized governance, right? Um, and I think like you know we just need like to start somewhere and then like to to keep improving uh, along the way, right? Um, and hopefully we can we can reach to a point that we can safely say, okay, this is a good governance process. Let's stick with this and move forward, right? So when the DAO comes forward and the staking rewards exist, what's the minimum to get involved? If I wanted to just be, I wanted my own say in the Kyber DAO. Um, so there's no minimum amount in order to be part of the DAO, right? Uh, but in order to make it uh, economically uh, meaningful, as in like, you know, you need to make sure that the reward sent to you is enough to cover for the generation fees right mm-hmm. um i think i think you can work it out uh, and to calculate how much knc is needed for you to to at least like get some reward um after the fees okay so there's so there's going to be some break-even point where it doesn't make any sense to vote if you have less would it make sense to delegate my votes to one of those voting pools if i had less than that amount yeah, I mean that's that's one option, right? And uh, we, and and I think in 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 Kyber DAO we also support um the delegation, so you can delegate it to someone you know or you know someone that you uh that you really want to to support them and think that they represent your ideas um well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that wraps up, I think, the the features and the governance. So we've got all that taken care of. What would you say the trade off profile looks like for Kyber? What are we what are we sacrificing to gain everything that we just talked about from the decentralized liquidity to the, to the, to the DAO that's coming up? Would you say like speed is a trade-off or is there, where would you go with that? I think, um, I think running everything fully on chain has some trade-off, right? Uh, first of all, the, the user experience is not as ideal as we want. Like, you know, you still have to wait for 15 to 20 seconds to, for the confirmation, right? And at some point, it's gonna be um, the the Ethereum blockchain is gonna be um, not enough for for your users, right? If you have like you know millions of users started using Kyber, then I think it's gonna be an issue for both Kyber and also Ethereum. But I think this is the I mean we are well aware of the trade off, right? And we are following up with it to Poyo closely to see whether uh, whether you know the new design uh, will solve all these all these challenges without breaking any of our properties, right? Like all the properties that I mentioned earlier, like fully transparent, like composability with other DeFi and, 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 and other wallets, things like that. I think those are the important properties that we want to maintain in Kyber. I have, I have belief and confidence in the Ethereum team to when Ethereum 2.0 does come out and, We've been hearing that it's coming out for, you know, next year for the next three years or the last three years. But <laughs> I, I believe that when they do bring it forward, they'll have made it so that they're not bricking any contracts. I, I I would assume your team has that same confidence if you're still on the Ethereum network, that they're that the Ethereum network is at least going to make good choices. Right. Yeah. So so definitely. And I, I would point out that you don't have the ability to do those limit orders. So that would probably be a trade-off if you were an active trader of some kind, but then you could just be a market maker if you had enough money. So uh, it, it the, but the big trade in the thing that you get for this 
is you don't have to send money to Binance. You don't have to send money to Coinbase. You just have your money and you're fine. You have your coins. You have your tokens. Like right. they're there. You don't have to worry. Costs IO just shut down a couple of months ago. Um, you know, and and just they didn't tell anybody. They just turned off and all that all that cryptocurrency. Everybody's hoping they get it back, but they're probably not. Right. You know, that kind of so, thing. I think I think um, you know um, there are a few uh, other non-custodial platforms that offer uh, limit orders, right? But you know the limit orders are stored off-chain, and in fact, I think even KyberSwap, uh, the the website that we built to integrate with Kyber, also offer that features, right? Oh, okay. And also, like I think a few uh, zero-ice relayers, they also have that limit orders. Uh, but the trade-off is that the orders are stored off-chain in some centralized servers, right? Right. But you know the funds and the settlement are done on chain, so you you still have the security of your fund. Uh, just that it's not as fully set decentralized as uh, you know uh, what what Kyber is doing. Yeah, so I think you just need to understand the trade off, and if you are comfortable with that trade off, and if you well understood uh, what's the risks involved, I think I think it's it's okay. All right. So final question that I hadn't planned on asking, but I think I'm going to ask this from now on. If money were no object or or staff or anything like that, and you could accomplish one thing for the Kyber network in the next and, and it would be active and going and functioning perfectly in the next five years, what do you think that would be? I really hope that Kyber can facilitate the the transition in the decentralized uh, economy of you know either I mean at least at the nationwide scope, right? Or any popular, popular decentralized economy out there. And currently, I think Ethereum is that decentralized economy, right? Like, you know, we have, we have, we have many projects uh, working on it. We have many like de- decentralized finance application that people can use, and and Kyber is is already well uh, connected uh, to many of them. And and you know, in the next five years, I really hope that this ecosystem, this community, and this this economy can can really like you know grow like hundreds or even thousand times bigger and kyber is already the underlying transitional layers uh, for all these applications so we can power for most of the uh, use cases in in the in this decentralized economy i love that answer because one of my co-hosts says this all the time and i i agree with him people because the hype is all over the place up and down left and right you you forget how big of a deal Ethereum is and was. So you see solutions like Kyber or other solutions that are working with the Ethereum network. You mentioned engines, another interesting one. And they they aren't trying to be the next Ethereum. They're not trying to be the next Bitcoin. They're trying to work within the ecosystem that we already have. And that is why it's such a big deal. Like this is all this stuff is connected. All these solutions are being created and they're being created around a great project and they're creating great projects around that great project. So I, I love the idea of Ethereum's not a competitor. Ethereum is what we're working with and stuff like that. Like it's a, it's an all, it's all a crypto ecosystem. You know, we're not here to, <laughs> right. This isn't a moonshot situation. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. I, you know what, what's funny is I, I loaded coin market cap the other day and I saw everything else was, you know, normal one or 2% in one direction or the other. And Kyber was up like 30%. And I'm like, oh, man, I have an interview with them next week. This is great. <laughs> and I never yeah. check price. I don't even know why I saw that. 
So anyway, I think that wraps it up. But what I want to give you is kind of the floor here. Like tell listeners where to find you if they want to follow you specifically. I don't know how active you are on social uh, or if they want to get involved in the Kyber community. Is it better on Discord? Uh, You know, kind of give us the places to to join the ecosystem. Right. I am semi-active on Twitter. Uh, Just follow Loy underscore Liu. And uh, I'm quite active on Telegram, uh, our, our Telegram channel, Kyber Network. Yeah, and I think you can also follow our, our Twitter at Kyber Network as well. Um, we also have a subreddit uh, also at, uh, you know, Kyber Network. So feel free to, to follow us there. And uh, if you have, if you want to talk to us, you know, just just send a comment or, or chat. Yeah, we are around. Awesome. So that wraps it up. That's the 101 on the Kyber Network. Loy, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. The listeners... Hopefully you won't notice this, but we had some trouble with the with the internet connection. So hopefully it, it all works and went together. I think it will. I really hope. Anyway, yeah, I seriously appreciate awesome. you coming on. Thanks, thanks a lot for having me, Brent.